Spread your jams and drizzle your syrups. Why is it so sticky? It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Well, 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 Alex Dyson, we are doing things a little bit differently today. That's it, I'm at home. I didn't want to leave my brand new Gwyneth Paltrow candle uh, for a moment. Just uh, been wafting that round the house, the present you got me yesterday. If you missed yesterday's podcast, go and have well, a listen. Good, good times. Your partner, uh, L, aka Woods, is the goods, uh, messaged a photo the next to another, she, you you put that candle next to another candle you already have that says this candle smells like the MCG. Yeah, I got that for my birthday on my actual birthday. You waited a month to get me a candle, but that's literally my 32nd birthday. Uh, this is what you get now, candles. One apparently smells like the MCG. The other one smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's Lady Bits. And so just fusing my two favourite things together. Which one smells better? <laughs> well, you got to, I mean, they've injected obviously some 4 and 20 meat pie into one of them. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one, but uh, those, those are now sitting next to each other and are just really stewing together and are creating a beautiful home environment. So I am broadcasting from home here today, Matt. But does that does not mean that the show is uh, any less of a juggernaut. We've got uh, the big interviews today, uh, none which then um, I would almost say it's getting to your arch nemesis, Tom Tilly. Oh, look, yeah, look, I did say something in yesterday's show about Tom Tilly, about some trust issues that I have with him. So he may well and truly get on the blower today to uh, talk those out with us. But he's also been digging into some very deep situations that are happening in Australia at the moment. JobKeeper, they've got a really great guest on their show, so I can't wait to chat to, to Big Tom T about all that. We've also got a tea from our town, and in a surprise to nobody, local councils are being absolutely horrible and keeping us down. Um, so we're going to be crossing to Brisbane to hope, one of the best in the game. I hope we never need a permit for anything, by the way, because so far we've done nothing but bag them out. These hard-working councils just trying to do their job. Their rules are there for a reason. But anyways, to heck with the man we say... Uh, we will be firing some shots. Yeah, Matt O'Kite usually, ta- you, you mean, you heard him supporting Ellen yesterday. Now he's supporting local councils. Matt's <laughs> going to be the most hated man in Australia very soon. But uh, <laughs> but we are going to be crossing uh, to Brisbane because there is a particular situation going down. Uh, and I think, Matt's when your favourite thing comes under scrutiny, I mean, you'd do anything for your daughter and just mm. beneath that, you'd do anything for a Dagwood. And so we're going to be finding out exactly what's going on in the streets of Brisbane later on in the show as well. So stick with us. It's all day breakfast with your boys, Matt and Alex. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Matt O'Kine, it's a cruel twist of fate that this devil of a pandemic has given us two things, one of which... More people in doctors' waiting rooms than ever before. But alongside of that, it's got magazines going out of business. And so we're in this death (laughs) spiral where we're going to be sitting there. We'll need something to read, but because of bloody COVID, our uh, our magazines are, are no more. Yeah, some sad news coming out yesterday. Bauer Media announced that eight of its uh, Australian mag titles will be shut down because they're grappling with the uh, pretty serious situation, as so many industries are uh, with regards to COVID-19 pandemic. So these aren't little magazines either. These aren't 
you know, your, your your regular leaflets. These aren't your street mags. This isn't the ones you... You know when you're at a big um, news agents and, you, and they've got quite a wide variety of things and you go, oh, wow, I didn't know, like, Mountain Biking Weekly was uh, had enough fans <laughs> exactly. to uh, no, survive as a magazine. These, but, yeah, these are big titles. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to go through them here. Harper's Bazaar, Gone, L, Going, In Style. That's sad to go. I was one of uh, In Style's... Top 50 men back in 2013. Anyway, gone. Really? Uh, men's health, women's health, good health. Did you make, did you, did you make it into men's health? Oh, God, have you seen? <laughs> why, wait, why? Now's not the time to be getting rid of all the health mags. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> NW and OK. NW. Oh, that's a classic. Uh-oh, it is pretty sad times. Uh, print me. I mean, it's just one hit after another for the uh, the poor people uh, in those particular ones. So we're obviously sending them our best, but that's it. Like I was never really a, a big magazine buyer, but you can't you can't deny every now and again if there's one nearby, you could pick it up and have a flick. Oh, absolutely. Who else is going to tell you about uh, you know Kylie's baby? Uh, Angelina and Brad, wives at war, uh, the divorce papers that Kim's apparently signing. I mean, the list goes on. Rob and Kristen tell all about their movie hookup, uh, the secret pregnancy. Well, and it's a kick in the teeth, you know. Beatrice just has a big wedding and then these gossip mags go out of business. I mean, that's – she's – haven't the royal family suffered enough? No, I mean, you make a good point, Alex Dyson. I mean, the, the domain for these mags really is in the doctor's surgery and, and without them, well, people are going to be twiddling their thumbs and that's that's no mm. way to be when you're waiting for results. So we thought we would yeah. fill the gap in this yeah. uh, magazine world. This is the perfect time to launch our very first all-day breakfast magazine. It's ADB Mag. Um, and why don't we just tell you about what's happening on the first issue? Alex Dyson says, why I'm finally proud of my big bulging Adam's apple. We've also got the hottest lockdown looks, why soy sauce stained trackies are the latest must-have item. We give you eight workout secrets you can do whilst shopping to give your ears the definition they need to keep that mask strapped to your face. Our local clairvoyant will tell you your future and you know it'll work because he predicted Sylvia Jeffrey's pregnancy. Halloumi and eggs. Has fried cheese finally stolen bacon's man? Ready for a crafternoon? Our DIY guru Daiso will help you make the perfect goop-inspired scented candle. All you need is a beehive and some genitalia. Speaking of below the belt, we hit our sealed section when we ask Dolly Dr. Dyson why we're too scared to talk about penis farts. What the hell's a penis fart? I don't know. I just imagine. I think it'd be really funny imagining a little penis going. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it just kind of flapping. <laughs> Coming soon to a magazine doctor's waiting room near you. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz.
Yes, well, some big news over the last couple of days, Matt O'Kine, not the least of which JobKeeper seems like it will be extending, uh, albeit with a little less steam, a little less sting than the first instance. Uh, we're not mum- numbers men when we think about it. We don't sit in the Canberra Press Gallery. So there was only one person who uh, we could get who drives through Canberra on the way to Threadbow. It's Mr. Tom Tilly who joins <laughs> us now. G'day, Tom. How are you, boys? So have you hit Threadbow? You hit the snow season yet? Yeah, finally got down there on the weekend. I've been fretting the last few months with the different restrictions coming and going. Um, the industry struggling to work out how many people they could get on the mountain. So, you know, very tough times in my life over the last few months. Uh, obviously, there are a few people doing it a little bit tougher, but um, still, um, we all have our battles. And I managed to get up over that hill literally and figuratively on the weekend. So, yeah, had a very lovely time. Oh, I bet. Delightful. I mean, if there's anywhere that that is suitable to be wearing masks, it's the slopes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right, yeah. Tom Tilly's uh, hashtag is Black Runs Matter, and so that's what, uh, <laughs> that's what he has, I think, tattooed on your upper arm there, isn't it, Tom? <laughs> Definitely not. I, I, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Tom. You don't have to comment, mate. Let's talk about, let's talk about- <laughs> Yeah, I might just let that one go through the keeper. <laughs> well, speaking of so- keepers, job keeper. Let's talk about it, Tom. What's been- there we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> What's been happening, mate? Everyone had been waiting to see if job keeper and job seeker were going to be extended past September. You probably heard about the September cliff, and that was the fear that once the support dried up, that you know the economy was going to tank and we were going to get into real trouble. But um, obviously the government didn't want to let that happen. So the government have been like pretty generous, but a little bit careful with how they're spending this money. They're going to um, kick it right through to March next year, so another six months. But they're going to start tapering it off. So currently, if you're on JobKeeper, you're getting fifteen hundred a fortnight. Um, once you go past September, that'll go down to twelve hundred. And then after uh, December through to March, it'll go down to a thousand a fortnight. So it's going to get start, you know, start getting a little bit tighter there. Um, they're also breaking it into two tiers. So if you work part time, which is under twenty hours, um, you'll only get seven hundred and fifty um, a fortnight over the next three months, and then six fifty for the next three. Because I mean, for a while there, I knew people who were getting paid more. Because yeah. they were working part time previously, and they were starting to get the full the full job keeper fee. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, and I'm not doing any more hours. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> I mean, let's cut the crap, Tom. Honestly, can can the government just keep job keeper forever? Let's just all get paid. <laughs> honestly. Yeah, well, I believe you guys have had a bit of a chat about the idea of a universal basic income, and this has come pretty close to it um, with job keeper or or job seeker, which has been eleven hundred a fortnight, and that is this basic idea where we all get enough to survive and so we're motivated to do to do better things and to sort of try and develop our our skills in, in the workplace and not as worried about survival. So we've actually come closer to some of these, you know, policies that a lot of people would say were closer to socialism. But here we are with the Liberal government announcing today that they'll be kicking these on for another six months. Yeah, yeah. goodness me. Now, Tom, how much is this package going to cost uh, and then how much is this package going to cost in six months when we realise we've stuffed up? Um, <laughs> what, are the, what are the big numbers we're looking at here? So we're looking at the JobKeeper 
program costing eighty six billion in total. So it's pretty it's pretty massive. Uh, they've been looking after three and a half million workers. So this is going to take a long time to pay back. So we're going to find out more about exactly where the government's um, budget is up to um, on Thursday when they give us the the budget update. We we didn't have the normal budget in May because there were so many things in flux at that time, but. Yeah, we're going to get a bit of a snapshot about how much debt we're going to have to repay on Thursday when they give us some of those um, big headline figures. And, you know, young people are, are losing their, their jobs faster than any other age group, um, but they'll also be the ones paying it back with their taxes as they get older. And what it takes is probably 20 years plus to actually pay all this money back. So, great deal. Goodness me. Oh, man, young people, we're, uh, we're doing it tough. Hey, Tom, big numbers, big guests. All right, we've got one of the big names on our show today, mm. Mr. Tom Tilly. But over on your podcast, The Briefing, which mm. I love having a li- listen to, uh, you've got a, quite a big guest as well today. Yeah, today on the show we've got Julie Gillard, the former Prime Minister, um, forever immortalised by her massive rant at Tony Abbott. <laughs> yeah, it was quite, I mean, it was quite a speech, the misogynist speech. Um, in Parliament, will certainly go down in uh, in history. And uh, are you going to be going to be hitting Julia Gillard with any uh, curly ones, mate? <laughs> well, one of the one of the curly ones I'll ask her is discussing, I guess, the the sort of gender question so much, and I guess that misogyny speech going so viral has very much framed her legacy about the fact that she was a female prime minister, but when she was actually in the job up until she kind of had that moment where she'd had enough. She tried really hard to keep the gender politics out of it. You know, she was furious at the newspapers and the, the television, you know, news stories for focusing on her her jacket or her hair or all these sort of things that a, a man wouldn't have to put up with or being criticised when she took a strong stance, you know, as being, as being too hard or, you know, that not being the right way for a, a woman to behave. So... She copped all this all this gender-based stuff in the job, but she tried to keep it on the policy. She didn't want to make it about gender. But since the misogyny speech and the way that's ricocheted around the world, she's realised she's actually in a really good position to make a statement about gender. But the cost of that is that it makes her whole prime ministership about gender, when really she introduced um, the NDIS a range of reforms on education and all these other great achievements. Yeah, really great figure in uh, in Australian political history. So it's exciting that you uh, had the pleasure of being able to talk to her. Uh, now, Tom Tilly, I know that you are obviously a big fan of the show. Mm, um, and I just want to get the, you know, there's an elephant in the room here. Um I just want to apologise for things that I've said about you several times over the past few <laughs> weeks. Well, well you, you caught the ear of my defamation lawyers about a month ago, <laughs> something you said on the Shameless podcast, and I actually hadn't heard anything from them in a while, so I assumed everything was fine. What have you, what no, have you actually said? No, Mr Tilly, yesterday on the show, Matt O'Kine, uh, he wasn't giving me the eye contact he usually does. And uh, right. I was asking him what, what all that was about and this was his excuse. I have my phone open the whole time we record our podcast. What? 
talking to me is not good enough. Oh. I just on I, your phone the whole time. No, do you know why? You know, it's because Tom Tilly uses this computer as well and I don't want to accidentally leave my my <laughs> Gmail account open. Oh, he's a bloody investigative journalist. He's going to go deep. <laughs> okay, so our, I can't trust Tom Tilly not to go snooping. Goodness hey. gracious. All right, well. The beagle himself, old <laughs> Snoopy Dog. Jesus. <laughs> Getting into my gear. Don't pretend you haven't gone snooping, mate. <laughs> Look, I did open a few word pads and see some very, very dodgy ideas for content. <laughs> no. Oh, this is, no, this is the follow-up to the Panama Papers now. <laughs> this is uh, getting a little bit spicy here. Um, so, Tom Tilly, no. can we can we get a, a guarantee from you, just so Matt will pay more attention to the to the screen so I can see his face, just a, a, an ironclad guarantee that uh, you won't go snooping in, in Matt's Gmail and well, internet search history. I wouldn't have been interested in snooping around, but it actually sounds like there's something to find. No, I just know. Look, I, I kept up I kept up a little notepad the other week, right, of some ideas that we were talking about, right? And, uh, look, I had a couple of things written down, a few notes, you know. Um, Not the best stuff. Not your pretend, best material. Pretend that zoodles aren't awful. Um, watch an episode of Bear Grylls where he doesn't find an excuse to drink his own urine. That was part of the my notes. Tom Tilly cops a cops a peek of that notepad. That's a that's a private notepad that I'm coming up with <laughs> ideas with, and he writes something underneath it. So when I come to work on Monday morning, I've got a note underneath it that says this. Matt O'Kine is deeply problematic in such a sexy way. See, I know you, you are snooping, mate. You're looking around this computer of mine trying trying to catch me out. I came in yesterday and I was like, oh, no, my Twitter is open here. I'm like, what? Matt O'Kine could just seriously undo me with just a few characters. He wouldn't need... 240 or whatever it is. It probably oh only takes about 20 oh to get me cancelled. Oh, my God. All right, well, that's it, gentlemen. Well, I'm look, just going to take the whole computer off you. You're going You're going old school from no. now on. It's pen and paper and a shredder next to the microphone. Tom Tilly, thank you very much for joining us on uh, All Day Breakfast. I uh, very much look forward to hearing today's episode of The Briefing after we finish our own podcast. Well, thank you very much, boys. Matt, I'm happy to call a truce. Let's stay oh, out of tr- each other's True business. city. Absolutely. I won't touch yours if you don't touch mine. Done deal. (laughs) See you, mate. Bye. All day breakfast. Now, Alex Dyson... It's starting to get to that time of the year where the uh, the the sideshow alley rolls into town, the showbag pavilion gets stocked up, and the Country Women's Association gather from right around the state to judge the best cakes on offer. It is the Royal Brisbane show that should be happening very very soon, but sadly enough, it's my favourite time of the year. The Ecker not happening this year. Now, someone not from Queensland, the word Ecker doesn't mean much to me, but to, to the people of Brisbane, it means happiness, it means joy, it means chocolate, it means animals, it means rides. And it means 
delicious sausages on a stick covered in batter and dipped in a bucket of sauce, mate. The good old Dagwood dog is one of my favourite treats. Yeah, Matt basically introduced me to the Dagwood. Some would say he's the Dagwood dad, but if there was someone even bigger than Matt on a Dagwood, it would be our next guest and the impetus for this week's Tea from Your Town. It's the Tea from Your Town. It's our pleasure to welcome to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast uh, a fifth generation showman. Uh, his name is Jesse McDonald, but he's known around the Ecker region as the Dagwood Dog Guy. Jesse McDonald, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, no, thank you for coming on. I am a huge Dagwood Dog fan. I always get them at Splendour, mostly, when I'm at, uh, and that, that would actually be happening this coming weekend. But, uh, Jesse, tell us, there's a, there's a bit of a Dagwood Dog dilemma happening. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Tell us about uh, what's going on at your house in Doolandella. Yeah, so our whole industry shut down, as everybody knows, and there's no end date in sight. So we just thought we've um, always had um, our family rides on this property for 50 years. Um, we've always run our amusement business that does the Echo and travels Australia from that location. So we just thought we'd set up our David Dog Stand in our own driveway and see if we could earn a living. Oh. But uh, there's a bit of a problem with trying to sell them out of your, out of your property at Doolandella. What's happened? Yeah, apparently you can't sell, run a business from home, even during the COVID period. So can't trade commercially um, from residential address. That's what we were initially told we are working on. That was the problem. I'm sorry. I thought I heard politicians say work from home if possible. <laughs> did you hear our Prime Minister say that? I thought I heard him say that. That's why we diversified yeah. our business and thought outside the box and tried to stay afloat. Oh, I'm not sure absolutely. I had a bit of uh, tomato sauce in my ears, but I'm pretty sure that's what I heard. <laughs> me too. I must have been mistaken because they're trying to close me down now. Oh, oh, absolute hogwash, mate. Can't believe it. They're a hater of hard work and Aussies. They're a hater of bloody good, tasty, battered treats. Yeah, I'm telling you, I reckon they're vegetarians. Oh, oh well, you know, well, fair enough. Look, if, they, if that's well, the situation. Well, you say that, Jesse. Do you, what's, what's the vegetarian option for, for a Dagwood? Um, a corn jack. We've got a special oh, corn jack for the vegetarians. Oh, yeah, yeah, a bit of a corn fritter battered. Now, look, uh, Jesse, what what have they told you is the real problem with you selling a few tasty dagwoods on your on your driveway? Okay, so the initially it was trading on residential land. Now they've come back and said that's an unsafe location because people are stopping on the designated car park area. That is supplied by Brisbane City Council. Now it's not deemed safe to do so. So, so the parking traffic management plan is the problem now. So hopefully a bit of common sense comes into this and they let us operate for a bit longer. Tell you what, Jesse, I have been the – I'm going to use the word victim – of a conversation with street trading and their laws and legislations. And I tell you what, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. So to try and sell some Dagwoods from a doorstep, you're in for a world of pain, my friend, a world of administrative pain when all you want to do is get the good stuff, pop it on a stick and then pop it into a few gobs of some paying customers. I mean, tell us some of the places you've served Dagwoods before and it's been absolutely fine. Okay, so I've travelled Australia my whole life selling Dagwood dogs. Um, generally, we do events like the Echo, um, Royal Sydney Show, Royal Melbourne Show, and all the places on the east coast of Australia. 
you know, up to Cairns and all the little country towns. So we, our whole life is travelling around supplying David Dogs to the country. Yeah, fair enough. And so, so before we, uh, you know, just hit the hit the government too hard with their uh, their ridiculous bureaucratic limitations <laughs> on our freedoms and uh, <laughs> liberties to enjoy tasty battered treats, just describe to us, Jesse, paint a picture, an oral picture in our ears. What does the perfect Dagwood dog look like to you, mate? Uh, crunchy. Think mm. of um, a thin and crispy pizza, so you're going to have that crunchy batter on the outside mm. with that fresh frankfurt inside, and you've mm. got to have the sauce. It's got to go more than halfway down the, down the Dagwood dog so you get sauce on every bite. That's the real secret. You know, you've got to have that rich tomato sauce. You find people doing a bit of a shallow dip when it comes to the sauce. Oh, mate. You know, it voids the warranty. If you go with barbecue or mustard, right? No money back guarantee on them. Oh, That's and at, nothing, at your own risk. Nothing annoys me more. I'm two bites into the Dagwood. Sauce over. How's that? You run out of no sauce. <laughs> oh, what what is this? I thought we were supposed to live in Australia. I want sauce all the way down. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Nah, and you've, got to, you've got to respect the man because the more sauce you put on, the more overheads that Jesse's got <laughs> on his Dagwood. But the man, the, he lives and bleeds, breathes a Dagwood and he wants yeah. you to have as much as possible. That's why I'm the Dagwood dog guy. I know you've got to have sauce at every bite. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, and I think you can tell from that statement, Jesse, that you are a, a fifth-generation Dagwood man. It's, it's a fifth-generation showman. Can you tell us your, the lineage to where you came to be where you are? Yeah, um, I grew up in the industry. I was born into it. Um, before Dagwood Dogs were even in the country, we used to sell handmade rolled waffles and fresh berry floss. We didn't even have food trucks or trailers. We used to have wooden wooden uh, frames that used to go together to make the, make the store. And we used to put Whoa. them on the trains to go to the next show before we even had vehicles. And Whoa. so, Jesse, would you say that this is the toughest time that your industry has faced? Yeah, I already know people in my industry with big rides that you see at the aircraft and that, that won't be there next year. They've already um, mm. closed their business and folded shop because they can't make their repayments on their loans because, you know, everything's a business now. No one goes through life not owing big bank money. So they've mm. already defaulted on some of their loans and they're out of, they're out of operation. So post-COVID-19, the world's going to look a lot different. It's pretty incredible. And I, I guess your industry, you'd, you'd see the people around the same, you know, uh, venues. You'd, you'd make really good friends with these people. Are there any, like, uh, specific, you know, rides or, or examples of these things that you, you know and how much they cost potentially to, that you'd have to get a loan, get it? You'd make it back by going to these events, which are now, you know, closed for... Exactly, God knows because how the bank doesn't want to lend you money on just a piece of machinery that spins upside down. So the only way you can get a loan off the bank is to put your house up on the market for it, which is not normally an issue because we sort of you can have a bit of an idea of what you think that piece of machinery will earn and you can pay the loan back. But now we're out of work. The bank don't want the piece of machinery as collateral. They want your house. So it's pretty scary times. Nearly everybody I know has got loans on equipment. And if we're out of work until going into next year as well, a lot of people are in a lot of trouble. So, Jesse, what's the plan from now? Are you just going to be sticking it to the man and slinging out Dagwood dogs <laughs> left, right and centre all weekend or uh, what? The daggies are going out thick and fast. We're selling them as fast as we can dip them. <laughs> uh, we're a great supporter for the local, though. You know, everyone's come down supporting us. They're ringing us and saying, have they closed you yet? No. 
I'm coming now. I'll be down there in half now. I'll have one for morning tea and lunch and Warrior. a snack in the Arvo. Hey, have oh. you ever had one at 7.30 in the morning? They're f***ing delicious with a can of coke water down. Well, if you are in the southeast suburbs of Brisbane around the Doolan Della region uh, and you do get a hankering for a Dagwood, uh, make sure you check out Jesse's uh, stand. Hopefully, the, I mean, you've got all the permits to serve food. Hopefully, that area is yeah. absolutely fine to do it. You've been doing it for years. Hopefully you can get through this tough time in the industry, Jesse. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I tell you what, next time I catch up with you, the Dagwoods are on me. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Cheers, Jesse. Bye, mate. Bye, mate. All day breakfast with a cup of tea with a tea bag stuck in it. Mm Mm-mm. So, Alex Tyson, that is the end of our show. How does it feel having worked from home? I mean, we haven't done it much this uh, last few months. What are you liking about it? Yeah, it feels pretty good. Um, I mean, I've got the lemon ginger tea here, so that's a big win on this end. Uh, cheese and bickies. And uh, I put my robe on. And so very, very comfortable stuff. You sounded but... comfortable. <laughs> you sounded you luxurious, you know what I mean? Yep. Some very yeah. luxurious broadcasting for you today. Who knows? Maybe I'll be here again tomorrow to bring you some all-day breakfast when we chat to this dude. Okay, but then what? Is that really all you got? Okay, oh, one of Australia's uh, finest hip-hop artists, musicians, all-around good guy, Illy, will be joining us on the show, chatting about a new single he's just dropped with uh, another champion musician, G-Flip, who's been killing it. And uh, Alex Dyson, are you going to be talking to Illy from your heart-shaped bed as well tomorrow? (laughs) Yeah, do you reckon I should go with the linen sheets or just keep the satin on for now? (laughs) Yeah, go that with the velvet pillows, just light the candles. Let's get sensual for a morning. I'll take the felt off, put the velvet on, (laughs) and then you're going to be hearing some uh, high-quality audio with Matt and Alex and Illy joining you tomorrow on All Day Breakfast. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll catch you next time. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.